Good morning, good morning, good morning. The band is phenomenal. I'm convinced that Peter Way has some African-American in him. I'm convinced. The way that brother sang, the way that brother moved. Good morning, Simi Valley. Good morning to you. How you doing? Thank you so much for having me here. Joe uh, invited me. Thank you, Joe. And he actually, I asked him what he wanted me to preach on, and he basically gave me free reign. I'm a Southerner. You're going to find it out during the message. So as a Southerner, sometimes I talk fast. Sometimes I don't say words properly. I'll make up some words you never heard before. You might just have to tap on a neighbor or look around, and somebody might just have to interpret for me. But Joe has always had this belief that somehow that God works it out in the spirit that you'll hear exactly what you need to hear and take it with you this morning. Now, as a Southerner, I could have been talking about the Carolina Panthers or the Atlanta Braves, things that are dear to my heart. But Joe and I decided we're going to talk about living, in, living on faith, living in faith. What is it? Living by faith. Not on, not in, but by faith. As we talk about living by faith, I went, if I went to every last one of you and asked what that means, I don't think I would get the same answer everywhere. As you think about living by faith. A quick few scriptures I'm going to read to you. Matthew 8.10, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly, I tell you, I've not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Matthew 9.2, some men brought to him a paralyzed man lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. Matthew 9.22, Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. Matthew 9, 29. Then he touched her eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. This is a version of faith here. But if you look at this version of faith, these were people that had all kind of requests, all kind of needs. And they had the faith believing that Jesus was going to fulfill their needs. Imagine a crowd that would come, the type of faith a crowd can possibly have because of their needs being fulfilled. It would take a type of faith to do that. It would be as if you give your money to the bank and they give you this little card. And by faith, you believe that I give the bank my money. I stick my card in this machine. I'm going to punch a couple of numbers and some money is going to come out for me. That actually is, believe it or not, that's a type of faith. <laughs> Living by, by faith can mean anything in here. For a teenager, it can mean finishing high school, graduating college, getting a good job. There you go. For a campus student, it can mean graduating college and getting a good job. <laughs> A single professional, it can mean getting a good job. <laughs> if you're married, living by faith can mean getting a new job. <laughs> that would be a type of faith. Here's another statement on faith. The faith our Lord expects of us is not the confidence that things 
will always go well. It is a trust that no matter how things are going, God will make use of them for my benefit and for the benefit of those around me and the whole church. So you can't treat God exactly like an ATM machine, and that's what your faith is dependent on. Imagine there's a father with his family. All of a sudden, because he has a certain number of kids, the wife can't work, and they're on a single income, and they're struggling with financing. How are we going to do this? This is tough. I can imagine the kid go, you are a horrible father, and you don't love us because we don't have everything we want. That would be horrible. You will hope that that child will have a type of faith that mom and dad, they love us. My dad's doing the best he can. We're going to be okay. Imagine in America in the slave days when you had to go to an African-American slave service and the preacher there would say, listen here, everybody. We're slaves. Obey the master and do everything he tells you to do and do it well. And even though he mistreats you, you still work hard, you persevere. Because this earth here is not our home. And we have to look forward to the day we die to get to a better place. You can look at that and go, that's the silliest faith I ever heard. I'm going to have a horrible life here and I'm looking at something beyond? What about here? What about now? Like that, it would take a faith to be able to live life, to live by faith that somehow, some way beyond the blue, it will be better than this. I'm going to read mostly out of Hebrews 11 for faith, which a lot of people do. And actually, I'm going to have to go back and forth between Hebrews and Genesis. I just have to. I have to, and you'll see why. So I'm going to pray, and then we'll dive in. Father in heaven. There's more than two of us here that come in your name, so we know that you're here in this room. And Father, I believe by faith that you love us, and you care for us, and you're going to take care of us. I hope this morning, God, that as I'm here on stage and I'm reading your word, I am a flawed human being, and I have mistakes in my life. And I pray that you overlook those, God, and you reckon your spirit in here for the congregation. Everybody hears you. Hear you the way they need to hear you. Take from you what they need to take from you and walk out of here living closer, living by faith than they have before. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. I'm actually going to start in Genesis chapter 4. Chapter 4, verse 2. Later, she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. And the course of time, Cain broke some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions for some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was angry and his face was downcast. In here he talks about living by faith. Cain broke some fruit. Abel brought the fat portions from the firstborn. Cain's offering was just a careless afterthought of an offering. But Abel's was a generous offering. Imagine as a father in here with a mother, got two kids, 
And the father just got a big fat bonus check. And he's feeling pretty good about himself. He goes, family, we're going to go to a super nice restaurant tonight. We're going to go to Fleming's and Encino. And you can order whatever you want. And I mean, you can order whatever you want. I don't even care. The father, like, man, you know what? I heard so many people talk about Flemings. I'm actually going to order one of those entrees I've heard everybody talk about. And when he orders, the only thing he's thinking about is a napkin, a drink, and an entree. He don't really order anything else. One of his kids orders a salad. A Fleming's house salad. <laughs> a Fleming's house salad has mixed greens, tomatoes, onions, candied pecans. I don't say pecan, I'm a southern, it's pecans. Blue cheese crumbles and raspberry vinaigrette. The father's fired up by this entree, and he's fired up that everybody got to order what they want. He looks at one of the kids with a salad. He goes, you know, I did not get a side. And he goes to one kid and goes, hey, is it possible I can get one of those pecans in your salad? The kid's like, oh, 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 and throws a couple of onions over <laughs> from, the, from, the, from the salad. Father's like, wow, that's, my goodness. And so he's turned to the other kid. The other kid's already, the, the other kid ordered a Japanese Kobe New York strip. Medium rare. 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 Okay, okay, okay. Actually, it's a, like I said, it's a Japanese Kobe. New York And as the dad turns that kid, that kid's already cut a generous portion of the state. Had it on a side plate, already had it to the dad. Dad, here, this is for you. And dad go, you haven't even taken a bite yet. You take the first bite. No, dad. You've never brought us a place like this before. And all this money you spent, and you got your bonus check. I want you to have the first bite. That's almost the picture that you have here of Cain and Abel. One is frustrated that a salad that costs 12 bucks has to give some of those pecans up. (laughs) The other kid with the Japanese imported New York strip, Kobe, $175 steak. Just a steak <laughs> at Flemings. Already cut a nice fat portion with the dad and says, Dad, you take the first bite. Right. Hebrews 11, 4. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he's dead. Abel's offering to God was by faith. He took the best of the flock, firstborn, and said, hey, I know God gave me this flock. God gave me this. I'm going to give him first. I'm going to give him the best. But Cain's attitude was bad from the very beginning. You would think this is a special moment that my dad's never taken us to Fleming's, this nice restaurant, and going to let us order whatever we want. You order a salad and, and you can't even just give a, a pecan? He was messed up from the beginning. If you got to live by faith, sometimes you have to go back to the beginning. We'll start at the beginning. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, in the beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Yeah. 
God has created everything. And anything that you have right now in your possession, I hope you don't believe that you are so awesome and you are so great and you are so smart and that's why you have what you have. Because it is not true. Anything that you have right now was a gift from the God Almighty. And you should understand that from the very beginning. When you wake up in the morning, as you go about your day, you should always be thinking, everything that I have, God has blessed me. If you think otherwise, who knows what's going to happen? You can get sick. You can get fired. You can get in a car crash. Anything can happen. But if God has so blessed you to have what you have, it's in the beginning because he blessed you that way. Abel realized that. Hey, everything I have here is from the Lord. I'm happy to give him the best by faith. Genesis chapter 6, verse 5 through 8. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth. And that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth. And his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created. And with them the animals, the birds, the creatures that move along the ground. For I regret that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. The Lord here said that he's going to wipe everybody from the face of the earth, but Noah somehow is different. Why is Noah different? Why is he not going to get wiped away? Why does he have favor of the Lord? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And without faith, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Noah, we don't know a whole lot about him before, but somehow here this tells me he absolutely believed in God. That was just bare bones. He believed in God. And somehow he sought God and there was a relationship that he had with God. And because of that, he ended up being in a different situation than everybody else. Now, in this room, I don't expect that everybody here believes in God, especially with a lot of young people. Because your schools today, you go to school where there's 3,000 kids, and maybe there's one or two of you that go there, that go to church here, and you've been going your whole life. At your schools, kids curse, they touch each other, they take pictures, they show each other, they go places they're not supposed to go, do things they're not supposed to do. And you've been raised in the church and your mom and daddy told you, we're a Christian family and we don't want to do that. And now you're in this battle of, oh, mom and daddy told me this and I've read that God said that, but everybody else is doing this. And I don't want to be the weirdo. Maybe there isn't a God. Maybe that's why they don't believe. Maybe my parents made me believe. Maybe I don't believe. The title is Living by Faith. And bare bones, bare bones, somehow a belief in God is going to be important for the way that you were raised. I'm not telling you to go in your parents' face because that's not going to get you nowhere. But if you're willing to be open, willing just to be open, okay, what if I'm wrong? What if, wait a minute, what if all those 2,000 kids in school is wrong and the word of God is right? Be open to at least looking into it. So if somebody asks you why you don't believe, you don't say, well, there's 2,000 kids over here that are really cool. I want to be part of the club. So I can't believe in God because I can't do that. 
be open to saying, maybe I'm willing to not do that because I've looked at the word of God and I believe the word of God. So I can't do what you're doing. And I'm going to earnestly seek out God and try to have a relationship with him. And hopefully he gives me the strength for living my faith that I'm going to make it through the ridicule of 2000. Imagine Noah building an ark. What does it say here? I think I read it. Genesis chapter 6. I'm going to bring flood waters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has breath in it, everything on earth will perish. Everybody, God's going to bring the flood. The flood? What's the flood? Flood waters. Flood waters? What is that? Water's going to kill everybody. That's never happened before. What are you talking about? You're crazy. You're some kind of God freak. You're, you're saying something that's never existed. But Noah believed God. And his seeking of God, he built the ark. He believed God and he built the ark. I love this part here. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 5. This is a good one to memorize. If he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on his ungodly people, but protected Noah, this is my point of love, a preacher of righteousness and seven others. He didn't necessarily tell Noah, by the way, I'm going to bring a flood, build an ark, and preach to others. He didn't tell him to preach. He told him the flood is coming and build an ark. But because Noah believed God, Noah says, please, everybody, I'm begging you. I'm begging you. I'm begging you. Get into this ark. Everybody's going to die. Everybody's going to die. Get on the ark. Please. Please get in the ark. It's coming. Imagine the ridicule of everybody. Of him saying things that's never happened before. But he believed God. He lived by God. And now he's the preacher of righteousness. And only eight people survived. Only eight. Was, was the boat not big enough? There was plenty of room. There was plenty of room. And Noah's preaching about it. He's living by faith. Only he and seven others survived. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 35 through 40. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so they might gain an even better resurrection. Some face jeers and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. These are people that are living by faith. And normally if I go to anybody and say, that brother right there is living by faith. That woman right there is living by faith. You think, oh, rainbows and blue skies and everything's going to be around those people living by faith. These are people that are living by faith, and it says they were jeered. They were flogged. They were imprisoned. They were stoned. And they were put to death. 
wait a minute. I thought you said living by faith is a good thing. <laughs> These people live by faith. And they're flawed. They're stoned. They die. The word of God said all those people there were commended for the faith. And God had planned something better for them. And to be honest with you, I've read the scripture many times, and I've struggled with this scripture. I struggle with this scripture. Because I think about myself, Gary Smith, I want to live by faith. And I'm a minister. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to read this and tell people to live by faith. But somebody came to me and said, Gary, by the way, you live by faith, but we need to saw you <laughs> in half for your faith. <laughs> Oh, man, I don't know if I can do it. I just, I'll be honest, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know which way I would turn. Saw me in two? On my faith? And I struggled with this scripture. And just recently something came to me. See if you're open to this. Are you ready? Here we go. Every last one of us in this room, every last one of us, we're going to die one day. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. I don't imagine death is a very pleasant thing. Some people say, oh, I just hope I die in my sleep. But I think somebody in there, somewhere, <laughs> it might look peaceful. But I think there's some type of struggle, some type of struggle. It can't be pleasant right. to, completely to die. Right. I think there'll be some type of pain involved regardless. Yeah. Whether it's in the sleep, whether you have cancer, whether you get older, where you know car whatever it may be. That day's going to come from every last one of us. Yeah. And it's going to be something that's unpleasant about it. Yeah. And you're not going to avoid it, no matter how hard you try. Right. You can avoid the Kobe steak and eat the salad. You can run three blocks around here. You can get plenty of sleep and take your vitamins. But death is coming. The question is, when you die, will you be living by faith? Those people that went through this hard time, I was so focused on a hard time. And the Bible already said, you're not, we weren't worthy of those people. And many of them, they even know Jesus. They didn't even know Jesus, a lot of them. A lot of them knew there might, might have been a good Jew that's following the, that's trying to follow the 613 commandments. It's like, oh man, it's so hard to follow the 613 commandments. Let me just follow the 10 commandments. Oh, it's so hard to follow the 10 commandments. Let me just try my best. I know I'm not perfect, but I believe in God. I want a relationship with him. I'm going to try to live by faith. And they didn't even get a chance to know Jesus. They had to live on faith and just focus on God and the promises of God. They didn't get to see Jesus during their time. But because they live by faith, they are going to meet Jesus. And they're going to be fired up about it. Where are you at today? Where are you at today? Where are you at today in living on faith? Do you believe that everything that you have is from the God Almighty? If you don't, the truth I'm telling you is everything you have is from the God Almighty. <laughs> this is the truth I speak to you. Everything you have. And to live on faith, bare bones, you got to at least believe. Teens, be willing to be open to do a Bible study to see, just to see. Are you just going to follow the crowd or are you willing to believe in something that's greater 
greater than what the crowd can offer. Because as you go to the grave one day, again, you're not going to put a house in there. You're not going to put a car in there. You're not going to put the great job. You're not going to put no money. You're not going to put no gold. You can put it in there. <laughs> but it's going to stay there. But if the wrong is wrong and God is right and you seek a relationship with God, God's going to take you something way better than what this world has to offer. And even though you live on faith, it's not going to always be rainbows and blue skies. You're going to have troubles and you're going to have problems. The rain is going to come and you have to hold through God's promises and God's own hand to walk you through it. The way I'm going to conclude today I want you to listen to some of God's promises. Okay. Mary, everything in your life is not going the way you thought. Maybe high school, you've been bullied. Maybe in college, you didn't get into college you want to get into. Maybe you're single and it hasn't turned out the way you thought. Maybe you're even married and it hasn't turned out the way you thought. If you live by faith, you hang in there and you look at the promises of the Almighty. Are y'all ready? Psalms chapter 100, verse 5. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. That's a promise of God. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. That's a promise of God. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. That's a promise of God. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all the things will be given to you as well. That's a promise of God. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord. With all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he'll make your path straight. That's the promise of God. Matthew chapter 7, verse 9. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you, then though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? That's the promise of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 32. He did not, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How we not also along with him graciously give us all things. And the last one here. John chapter 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you that I'm coming there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back 
and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. Living by faith, brothers and sisters, I hope you do and get close to your God. Amen. Amen.